Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Muskoka Drawdown. Welcome to Muskoka Drawdown. I'm your host, Frank DeYoung. I'm here on behalf of CAM, Climate Action Muskoka. Drawdown is the future point in time when levels of greenhouse gases in the atmosphere stop climbing and start to decline. I have four guests today, and they are the hunger strikers at McMaster, who are uh, hunger striking to protest the investment uh, that McMaster has in the fossil industry. And there's another issue more immediate, that there are four uh, peaker plants in natural gas, which they they're, uh, want to stop the construction of. I would like to welcome the four of you to uh, Muskoka Drawdown today. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, today I understand you're on day seven, is that correct, of your hunger strike? Day eight, actually. Day eight. And tell me, how do you all feel? Um, I think at this point what I'm noticing the most is, like, how poorly my brain is working. Um, Like, I I have a hard time, like, remembering things and that sort of thing. Um, I think that's been the most recent development for me. I think uh, I have a lot of muscle pain. And it feels like it's just like breaking down. Like I got winded walking up two, like three stairs. So it was. Yeah. There's a lot of like tiredness and also cognitive impairment. I think that we're noticing, or at least that I'm. I'm on a uh, day five. I joined them three days in. Uh, I'm also noticing a lot of the, especially the cognitive impairment. There's lots of things I wake up and I'm like, okay, I got to do this. And I like forget about it until two days later. <laughs> Um, you know, it's, I'm embarrassed. Like I've, I was, I've been involved in politics all my life, but uh, we have not done a very good job in preparing the planet for the next generation. And I'm embarrassed that you guys have to do what you're doing, but I really compliment you. Um, you are, you accuse McMaster of uh, presenting false solutions to, uh, the, to the supposed necessity of, of using natural gas. Can you start by giving me the background on this issue? Yeah. So basically the gas generators are constructed as peak shavers. So to allow McMaster to stop drawing energy from the grid during peak energy times, especially during the, well, mainly during the summer when everyone is running their air conditioning. So they say, so the primary purpose of this is to save money. So there's like a 13 year payback period and they save $4 million per year. Um, and ostensibly, it will reduce campus emissions, but that's only because they're already using a co-generation plant to cut peak energy use to save them money. And so this is better than that, but it's not, you know, it's not actually addressing the problem. And I, there's a lot of arguments like we don't actually have to chase the peak. I know we've been talking with uh, like faculty members who have been working on this issue for a long time who say it's not necessary to chase the peak, but even if we did want to chase the peak, um, there's a lot of other options. So, you know, it's the summer. Most of these times are, it's about uh, 25 days and it's on hot afternoons. So the university could very easily um, 
cancel classes during those periods of time, not have classes in the summer semester, mm-hmm. the campus is not full, can have online classes, it can um, sequester all classes to like one or two buildings so that only those buildings need to be air conditioned, save a lot of energy that way, much mm-hmm. more than is saved by the gas generators. We could also use battery storage. There's just so many solutions that we haven't. Can you can you tell me a little bit about battery storage? I understand there's a, a, pers- a professor from Guelph talking about that that they have are using this clean battery storage in with Metrolinks. Can you tell me how that works? Yeah, I don't know too much about how clean it is, but I do know that um, you know they've constructed for Metrolinks. They've constructed something for Six Nations, and this would be a solution that, from what we understand, could easily replace the function. Of the battery generator, the not the battery, the gas generators in terms of saving money and also in terms of saving emissions. Um, that this and it would even like unlike the gas generators, which only operate during peak periods, this could operate year round, saving that off peak energy and unloading it on peak. That off peak, you know, nuclear and nuclear and hydro that's can be on all the time, and we save that and we use that. Um, so it really makes the university a lot more efficient. Yeah. So McMaster has basically signed on with uh, carbon neutrality for 2050. And uh, it sounds like they are unnecessarily delaying this step that we're engaged in today by like 30 years. Like that's unconsciousable, unconsciousable. Uh, it's really disgusting that a, an institution that prides itself on, you know, preparing young people for future generations is so, uh, so, uh, so sluggish in this. Can you comment on that? Well, they claim that the gas generators um, are going to provide them with the money required in order to invest it into green energy. And we don't see why they can't do that now in the first place, um, delaying that into the future. Like we said, from their reports, they say that it'll take 13 years to pay these back, um, meaning even longer running time in order for them to actually make them any money to get that um, revenue, to get those green energy implementations. And so just not going forward with the project or again, like coming up with an alternative solution would advance them to those goals that they claim they have in a shorter period of time without making a new fossil fuel infrastructure plant. Yes, um, you you guys are also very articulate in speaking about divestment. I know this is an issue that's been that all the universities that students are encouraging universities. Um, how much does uh, McMaster have invested in fossil fuels at the moment? So we have thirty point four million directly invested through you know any number of McMaster's uh, investment managers. But that doesn't include all the money that could be invested. That's so that only captures CU 200 companies. So the top 200 worst uh, carbon emitters, but any company that's natural gas or it produces a lot of emissions that falls outside of that 200 would not be included. Um, and it also doesn't include any indirect investment that McMaster has in the fossil industry mm-hmm. through banks. So that's 30.4 million, but only CU 200. Yeah. Um- there, we often ask governments to do procurement, to green procurement, because governments spend a lot of money on running governments, provincial and federal, municipal. And so if they alone start procuring green energy, it would make go a long way to, to spurring the development so that everyone could, all businesses could join in. So universities seem to me would be prime examples of, 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 of institutions that could lead the charge on green energy rather than being laggards. 
Yeah, we agree. And I think that one thing that's important to mention about divestment is that it is like a socio-political movement Mm -hmm. that the aim is obviously to take investments away from these fossil fuel companies and to, I guess, devalue them. But it's also to take away their social license. It's to say that we as a university, as an institution, do not stand behind companies like ExxonMobil and Suncor. And so it's both like a financial move, but it's also a political statement that they're saying that we no longer stand for these companies. Yeah, we're getting close to, uh, there's a number of um, tipping points in, in, in climate change. And I know that uh, the Antarctic ice shelf is, is, is very precarious and, and the oceans are almost peaking in how much carbon they can sequester. I think uh, the 2050, 2050 deadline that the world is supposedly is going to supposedly work towards is is a bit delayed. Uh, I think that we have to do much more and much faster. So I really, uh, really commend you guys for holding McMaster's feet to the fire on this. How much uh, fossil fuel does McMaster uh, generate every year? Um, so we tried looking into this. Um, uh, I don't think they have a specific. No, they don't. Release so that they they have they released that for I think years up to it was either 2018 or 2019 in a report that they released. Uh, the years after that, it hasn't been included in the sustainability reports as far as we've been able to find online and publicly. Yeah. Well, that, well, that alone is is uh, an egregious uh, omission. It's a rather you know that's exactly when we need these these numbers so we can see how how progress is being made. Um, have you guys been working on this for a long time as individuals or uh, through OPERG or? Yeah, we've been. Uh, MacDevs has been operating for three years, four years, um, but. Like mm-hmm. Fossil Free McMaster has been operating since 2013. That was like our predecessor organization. The faculty group mm-hmm. has been operating since 2013. We've done so much and we've been operating for so long and they simply have not been paying attention yeah. is the sense we get. We've we- done, oh, sorry. Yeah, we've done a number of protests leading up to this for years. We've done like letter writing campaigns. We've done uh, demonstrations. We've done sit-ins. We've done mural painting we've tried to inform people with teach-ins and whatnot and these are all things that have been successful at other universities where the universities have listened to their students and they've divested and in that manner they've been able to avoid the radical protests that we're undertaking right the hunger strike so you you've all have paid your dues and this is a long going concern so are you feeling a certain point of desperation that you're going to that extreme um doing the extreme act of a hunger strike well yeah i think it i mean there's some desperation i think inherent in it that mm. we're you know we're recognizing that even though there's so much will among most people to act against climate change and to you know to divest and to do climate action that is not reflected on an institutional level and institutions don't want to listen especially mcmaster does not want to listen to democracy or to students or to faculty they don't care and yeah. so the only way to pressure them is to hurt their bottom line. And that was the purpose of this hunger strike. And I'm really sad that I had to get to this point. And I'm really angry that the mm-hmm. university forced us to do this instead of acting like the democratic and progressive institution it claims to be. Yeah. And, and it sounds like you haven't uh, gotten through to them yet. They're still blocking and, and holding the line with their truth. Do you think there's going to be a crack in their armor at any point? 
I think we're hopeful. Um, we've had a lot of really, really good media attention over the past week. Um, we've had lots and like lots of faculty support, tons of community support, student support, and we've been able to demonstrate that to them. Um, so we're hoping that you know this week they'll kind of finally start to come to their senses and 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 meet our demands. Um, we're hoping it's just that as an institution they they move more slowly than we do. Yeah. Okay, uh, Navin Garg, Mila Pai, Sydney Suertu, and Sarang Sharma, we have to take a short break. We'll be right back uh, in a few minutes and we'll continue talking about these issues. Hang on. By Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Muskoka Drawdown. Welcome back to Muskoka Drawdown. I'm with uh, four hunger strikers at McMaster, and we have Navangard, Mila Pai, and Sydney Suarto and Sarang Sharma, and uh, they are on day eight of a hunger strike uh, against um, putting and building more gas plants to, to as peaker plants for University of McMaster, and also they're protesting the investment that McMaster has in 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 the fossil fuel industry. Um, I'd like to hear a little bit about each of you, what you're studying, where you're from, what you're hoping to do with your degree when you reach it. Can we start with uh, Shireng? Uh, yeah, I'm um, I'm in my fourth year of the arts and science program here at Mac. I'm actually an international student here um, coming from Thailand. Um, and uh, I've been, especially after sort of this action, a lot of what I've been wanting to do with my life and my degree has been continued sort of activism and pushing for for climate justice, for equity. And yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Mila, what are, what tell us about yourself. Yeah, um, I'm in my fourth year of environmental science here at McMaster. Um, I don't have plans for the immediate future, but I am a tree planter. And so I think I'm going to be doing some more of that. But I think probably for the rest of my life, I'm going to be focusing on environmental justice and maybe like regreening and yeah, restoration, hopefully. Wonderful. Sydney. Um, yeah, I am a, a third year arts and science student um, at McMaster. Um, I think I I think I'm headed more for kind of the academic sphere, um, but I'm definitely very very interested in kind of taking a look at social movements and at um, the way that I guess activism is able to pressure institutions like McMaster. And I'd like to kind of focus on that and ways to improve that and make sure that more students don't have to put themselves at risk like we are right now. Very good. Navin. Yeah, so I'm also a third year arts and science student, um, you know, just from you know, GTA around here. And I think my, you know, after doing this hunger strike, after seeing how much can be done, uh, I think I've, I want to continue doing activism and I want to continue trying to, you know, push these campaigns, push these movements and turn divestment into a, like a broader coalition that we can organize together and not just divest universities, but pensions, teachers' pensions, uh, you know, public employee pensions and push all of these banks. Yeah, push all of these institutions, um, you know, for, for the rest of my life. Excellent. Um, are you all four of you uh, operating through OPERG? Yeah. Can you tell us what OPERG stands for, how it started, what it's doing? How many universities in Ontario have OPERGs or PERGs? 
Um, that's a good question. So OPRIC stands for Ontario Public Interest Research Group. Um, and so we're one of their projects and we get our funding from them. Um, I, I believe that they're very widespread um, in Ontario and they um, operate in, in many universities, but I don't know that much of their specifics, to be honest. Yeah, we're kind of like, we're funded by them, but we're not really like related to them. Like there's no organizational relationship. They run, oh, sorry. They run a number of other like really great projects too. So we're, we're one of their projects. Well, from um, what I know about OPER, sort of, they do often fund a lot of sort of uh, student activism and, and sort of help students who are, who are trying to bring about sort of a progressive social environmental change. Yeah. yeah, I know. I actually know all about her Oprah's because <laughs> I was just asking you. I think they were started by Ralph Nader. Is that not correct? You, uh, I, and that was like in the sixties, and um, and they've been at most universities, and sometimes and every year or every once in a while, because every student has to pay a few dollars to finance Oprah, and some universities vote. Uh, to ca- to kill their youth, their old. Yeah. Yeah. In, we... in my first year here at McMaster, we voted to keep it. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad we did. <laughs> we were, Mac Divest attended a meeting last semester at the student senate meeting to keep Oprah, and we argued for why Oprah needed to continue, and we got a unanimous yes. vote in favor of Oprah. So. Yeah. is a wonderful institution yeah yeah beyond funding we also have their support like yeah. they set up um like workshops for us and all sorts of things it's, it's wonderful very grateful they really foster a lot of this kind of activism we are in the oprah office right now yes um do you feel uh supported by the student body and the faculty yes uh, yes, at my last count, which was a couple of days ago, we had um, 84 signatures on our open letter from faculty as well as um, like Hamilton counselors. And we have uh, a thousand, oh, the petition. 800, yeah. We have 1,600 signatures on the petition right now. Petition. That's that's students and people for, in the community. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We also, yeah, we also have a number of students who like drop by, who like yeah. drop off like care packages, words of encouragement. A lot of people want to know what's happening, how they can support us. So I think it's been really heartwarming to see how many people care about it, care yeah. about the movement, care about us. I know they they come by so completely like like unasked or anything. They just like drop by and like you guys are doing great here. I have some electrolytes laying around. Somebody somebody came and gave us their almost complete sort of a coffee cart so we could get tea because tea is like part of the thing. That was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, you're on your hunger, hunger strike now. How many more days do you think you're going to pursue it or, or what happens? How does this play out? What's the scenario? Yeah. Well, well, it's going to be yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think the discussion we're having currently. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm afraid. I'm sorry. This uh, this uh, interview won't play on the radio here up in in Muskoka until uh, April 13th. So that's that will that will find out before it gets to play. But, uh, <laughs> but that's quite that's quite all right. I've I've been involved in many protests and things in my life. There's there's sort of two other avenues that you guys have probably also considered. One is direct action, like uh, you know um, blocking the university or doing a human human chain around the university, etc. Have you thought of things a little more radical than you're doing right now? We 
have. Um, we also have the support of many community groups that are also considering um, these sorts of things. Yeah. But uh, we haven't really come to any decisions as of right now. I think other groups have plans which support our movement um, and our bias. Yes. Yeah. Um, there is there is one other idea that people often do. They take it into the courts. So have you guys sort of talked about suing the university for neglect of um, their responsibilities? I know there was a consideration a year ago, maybe. We did some research into that, and then it fizzled out a little bit. But it might be something that we reconsider at this point in time. I think I think we'd like to see where this goes first. We're hoping that we can kind of use this movement and kind of continue the the momentum we have now towards something very positive if it if it does end up dying out then we would definitely need to consider other venues yeah, yeah. but even once like the hunger strike ends we still have so much momentum that we're going to keep pushing because we know that things are happening within the university um and so we're going to keep that pressure on them to continue that ball rolling but it 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 has begun. Yes, mm. it has begun. Um, so can you talk a little bit more about the broader implications of climate change, like on perhaps the biodiversity or, uh, you know, <laughs> refuge, refugees? I'm sure you, you guys have a comprehensive view in all this. Can you give us some, some of your thoughts? Okay, there's a lot to speak on. <laughs> but things that are really important to consider is that the people most affected by climate change are usually those who are already marginalized and so the effects of climate change end up like being over pronounced on individuals mostly in the global south and so as a result of that we have a more of a responsibility as nations who are developed to be controlling our carbon emissions so that they don't wreak the worst of it but climate change is going to have effects on everybody's health right going to have effects not only on our health right now while we're striking but also in the future right with like air quality and water quality and that's also going to affect the foods that we eat and the access that we have to medical services um the frequency of obviously like extreme events is going to increase as well as the severity of these extreme events which will also have effects on our health yeah. So, yeah, I think it's also like I think the reason we push McMaster so hard as well is because it's important con- to consider that this is like not only is it a responsibility, but it is by far much easier for like rich institutions like McMaster and rich countries like Canada to do a green transition, have that technology, and have that money to cut emissions and divest because like countries like India. Had like they they cannot get rid of fossil fuels in the same way because there's a lot of vital services that run on that energy and we have the luxury of not needing that and we need to be able to account for countries that have not had the benefit of that technology for or that energy for a long time and we need to help offset that because those those countries do not have the ability or probably the will to stop at this point um everyone always says well yes everybody wants to stop using fossil fuels but we can't hurt the economy it always boils down supposedly to economics i'm sure that drives you guys crazy what's your what do you say when someone says well we can't afford to do it right now what's your response 
I think there's no economy on a dead planet. And at a <laughs> point, if we don't put people over profit, like we will have no people left. Or profit. Or yeah. profit. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. I also think people don't understand that like we're in a cost of living crisis right now. And a big part of why we're in a cost of living crisis is because of climate change, because that's affecting our food systems. And it's already... Like it's already hitting us. Like it's mm-hmm. even if the economy is pretty strong, that doesn't mean anything because the actual people are suffering. Things are not affordable. People cannot buy food. And this is just 2023. I mean, it's gonna get so much worse. And I mean, like when people talk about the economy, it's like what what is the economy? What is the purpose of the economy? And I think it's to feed and house people. And if we can't feed and house people, then there is no reason to have an economy. Yeah. Well, also we've just come through COVID and the federal government printed, you know, printed six hundred billion dollars to address that. So it's a big change. Um, thank you so much. I'm afraid we're out of time. You guys are fabulous. I, I really wish you well, and I've been, I'm going to be watching your um, how this plays out and how things... Uh, just one last question. Are there other universities in Canada that you know about who have divested so far or doing better? Yeah. Um, there are 12 Canadian universities who have committed to divestment at the moment, um, and a lot of them are our main competitors like um, U of T, Waterloo, UBC... Um, SFU, well, Cam, yeah, Concordia, um, yeah. Okay, all right. I'm afraid we have to go. Thank you so so much. I really appreciate your time, and I really wish you well. And we'll be and the, and Canada is going to be watching how this plays out. Thank you again. Thank, Thank you so much. I went to the country to escape the noise and lights. And I laid there in the pine cones all night. I woke in the morning and all the trees were gone I got this sinking feeling, everything felt wrong There were strip malls and dollar stores and 